Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast. Episode 13, The Murder of the Wii U. Suspect number one, the Nintendo Switch. With me, George, and as always joined by Tom, Sherlock Holmes, to my Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Tom, how's it going? I'm okay, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Cool. Very well indeed. Do you want to let the listeners know what we've got coming up this uh, this week, the running order? Oh my goodness. Slicker than glass covered in oil and slid down a load of ferrets covered in grease. <laughs> Let's give them the lowdown that they care to hear about. Tom, first of all, we normally launch into a what you've been playing, where we talk to each other sweetly about the games that yeah, we've played. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different this week for me, because I'm going to be giving you a, um, a small review of Crash Team Racing. Get ready for this, this listeners. Tom's got out his best crayons, and up on the fridge this week has been his review for Crash. <laughs> Mummy's very proud, as am I. So I'm looking forward to a proper big boy readout and find out all about Crash Tag Team Facts. Racing. Facts. We digress, because that's the what you've been playing section. We then launch headfirst into some, some illly prepared and badly timed news. <laughs> Scouring the very latest in... Uh, darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest gaming news listener no yeah. not you not you you yeah listening on spotify on your little samsung phone on your drive home from work or you uh sat oh. watching the kids doing the swimming lessons or whatever you're doing them drowning in the listening. background but as long as you're getting your <laughs> average weekly games news show you're happy as a pig in its own feces and from there we jump to the feature this week we're talking about the clickbaity murder of the wii u in the blooded hands of the switch <laughs> located at the scene and we're going to dive into the seeming disaster that was the wii u and the rescue of the console and the launch into the switch we then go to the reason why most of you turn up to hear us shout out your pickups uh, on Instagram that you found out there from the we role play you've picked them up from Stingray but from thrift shops and car boots and flea markets yeah. and all that other good stuff where our American cousins pick up games dodgy midnight exchange of console games round the back of uh, five guys in America somewhere and then from that we got jump into the big man himself. He arrives, Stingray's boot, where there we talk is a about lot of good new releases this he's week. He's back as well. on the scene. All the family dramas died down. He's picked up literally a bootful. They're coming out the windows. Business is a booming. Business is a booming. A discreet exchange at the wagon and horses, and he's ready to supply the village with the latest news, new releases, and Tom. I think that would normally bring us to the end of the show. We're asking yeah. you what you've been playing. That was certainly an in-depth run-through, but that level of quality, Tom, takes some preparation. They're now ready to join us on the journey. <clears throat> I've picked up the key. The saying, as always, it's in the lock, it's turned. The show's unlocked, Tom. What have you been playing? This week, I have been playing Crash Team Racing, um, nitro Fueled. Um, it's I picked up the Switch version. Um, so it released last week on the Switch, PS4 and Xbox One um, on the 21st of June. It's developed by the Beanox team and published by Activision. The game is a remake of the original Naughty Dog developed game, uh, which came out in 1999, many moons ago. Ten years um, ago. It also features content, though, from the 2003 game Crash Nitro Kart and also 2005's Crash Tag Team Racing. Mm. So they've got it all in a blender, mixed it up and... 
made a bit of a, a fresh take on it. Is it loyal to the core game or is it a bit of a greatest hits of the Crash series? Yeah, I suppose it's throwing in all the tracks of those games and some of the races and stuff. But they I have a confession uh, to make. Okay. I, I never played the originals. So Ooh. I've come into this with some sort of fresh eyes and I've been pretty impressed with he it. He really has got his best crowns out. I certainly have. So gameplay wise, um, it's, it is very similar um to the to the old ones it's it's really tough it was a shock to me after playing mario kart especially the latest one which is quite forgiving mario kart 8 um i haven't had a chance to try sonic team racing and some of the other kart races how, how does it Switch. compare to something like sekiro <laughs> is it that difficult no not that difficult but okay. um it takes a bit of getting used to so if you're thinking of picking it up for some of uh, your younger family members uh some devin zillas yeah, the Devin Zillas out there. The Game Boy um, Matties. Just be prepared. It, it might take a bit of getting used to with the... Uh, the drifting is the more complicated uh, part of the game. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard that's key to unlocking the actual sort of You really have to get, get on top of the power sliding and, and get the hang of that to, uh, to stand a chance of progressing through it. Hmm. Um, it's certainly uh, fast and frantic. Um, there's some great... Uh, power-ups there, missiles, uh, power shields, like a bowling ball that fires out and rolls down the track, which is really cool. Wow. Um, so the uh, there's a single-player adventure, which is uh, quite now, strange. Now, this is what I a... wanted to dig into. Is that just using the core levels of the first game? No, so it's got like a hub world, so you can... Like Diddy Kong Racing? Yeah, very similar. So you drive around this hub and you can drive into like a, a warp area and it takes you to the race um and the uh, when you've done the races you can unlock challenges so there's a certain challenge where you go through um collecting the ctr letters uh but you've also got to finish first and that's really tough but i enjoyed it and it has so three I, three letters in a yeah, box to pick up well three letters scattered throughout the map and some of them are in really awkward places so you've got to get those and get back into first place before what the race game is had done that? halo 3 you had to get the, was it the there's Spartan a school there's the schools yes fine they were not as yeah. difficult as that but along those lines aren't yeah they? um so when it does give good replayability to levels you've already completed or races you've already completed ah. Um, moving on, um, graphically, the game runs at 30 frames per second um, in docked and handheld. Um, and it, so Do you far, know, listeners, Tom's gone all out on this one. He's had the green screen lashed up to the Switch. He's counting frames. I am. And you can take this, listeners. Facts. My eyes have gone square. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... That's um, impressive. 30 docks and 30 handhelds. Yeah, well, I've Whoa. been hearing some nonsense out there. People saying the PS4 and Xbox versions run at 60 FPS. They don't. Apparently, they run at 30 as well. Uh, I've watched uh, comparison videos. Some people actually saying Crash's animation, like um, the main character of the series, his fur on the PS4 is uh, very detailed, but it almost makes him look a worse character animated model um overall though the animations for all the characters look fantastic i've been playing as this character called ripperoo and he's like a <laughs> he, he i don't know where he's like a dog or a kangaroo Let's see. Brett, is he voiced by brett dundee <laughs> 
Brett Dundee. For the Christmas um, special, we'll wear that. Yeah, we'll wear that, Brett Dundee. He'll have to make an appearance one day. Yeah. Uh, and he's in like a straight jacket. And Tom's he ta- Australian alter ego. Yeah. He, he, Ripperoo turns around to look at you before you start the race in a bizarre sort of Hannibal Lecter style fashion. Oh, right. Okay. Um, with his light tongue hanging out. Yeah. Um, yeah, really impressed with uh, some of the animations of the characters on those and some nice details on that. Yeah. Um, there's 31 tracks in total and uh, they all show like great variation. Like I've been playing some online, and which I'm going to get to, um, and some in story mode. So it's it's good to see like a, a really good mix of sort of temples, futuristic settings, traditional race tracks. Online multiplayer uh, on the Switch version. Uh, the Beanox team has patched it since it's been out uh, because there were some performance issues and sort of people lagging out and various other problems. Um, I must admit the patches seemed to uh, worked out okay and got it up and running good. I, uh, I've i been playing that and it is solid. Uh, the highest have finished is fifth and most of the other races that didn't even finish in the time limit. Uh, so if you think there's some taking, old school players that have probably picked up where they left I, off with I that I believe game. so, yeah. yeah. Um, got that muscle memory down, aren't they? And, they've chained, the and, and they've chained the boosts. They know how, when and oh, where. Oh, yeah. That's one um, question I did have for you. You haven't played the original, but what's the talk about how it plays compared? Because uh, the, the Crash remake is, had, a, very had a few much the same. missteps, but is this yeah, I think, got I the think, same missteps, or, the, or is it yeah, absolutely? It, it's probably like quite pixel perfect for some of the the corners and the time in the power slides and oh, stuff. So yeah. I think, like you said, there's people out there who are probably going to really nail online and, and win a lot of races. The bigger boys. The bigger boys have yeah. been online and, and made me cry, so I've gone back to my adventure mode. Okay. Unlocking the skins. So um, when we do reviews on the show in future, we're going to do uh, Love, Leave or Layer. Now, Layer, for some of the new listeners, is uh, a pit we have out in the back of the bunker where George banished the game Layer on the, what was it, the PS3? Well, there was a game on PS3. I never banished anything called Liar. I banished a game called... I mean, listeners, we're episode 13. Goodness knows how many talked about this. I banished the game Lair. Okay. L-A-I-R. It's Lair. It's the Lair pit. The secret hideout for bad games. So we've got Love, Leave or Lair. Yes, Tom. Yes, very much. Wheeled out is in Sean Bean. The tattoos, the occult, sinister things that we do over your bed while you sleep have worked. The lair pit. So I would suggest you love Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled because it's a great game and uh, it's a great nod back to the original. So pick it up if you fired fancy a kart up, racer. Fired up and ecstatic as always. Tom's <laughs> wheeled out the bunker gaming room. He's given that game a positive thumbs up. He's loving it. Tom gets to play all the good new games and I seem to get lumbered with all the poo-poo old games. I know you'll get through them, though. I'm that fickle new generation of, like, graphics aren't jazzy enough. Turn it off. To get the lair pit, someone (laughs) had to put themselves through lair. I don't Mm. think I'll ever... I'll never be the same man I I was again. But who knows? We'll maybe fill that pit one more time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Between, Between now and when this podcast limps to its natural and imminent demise <laughs> that that lair pit could have at least one or two more titles thrown in there before we call it a day but yeah if any listeners want to um let us know what they'd like us to review if we can get our hands on a copy of that particular game 
You can reach us at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com or direct messages, as most of you do on Instagram uh, and also Twitter. But, Going for uh, the or, MVP status of the yeah. show, Tom is wheeling it all out today. <laughs> uh, and YouTube as well. So hit us up in the comments on there because uh, all the videos, uh, episodes are currently available on there as well. Tom, pull the begging bowl away, flip the card over that says homeless, and let's look a little bit further into the show. It's time for the news. Okay. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, as always, we seem to uh, mention it in a feature, and we have current Wii U news, Tom. Never let it be known that this current weekly gaming news show doesn't wheel out the freshest morsels. The Wii U has just received its first firmware update in 2019. Stability, seemingly, is all you need. Tom? Keep stabilising that system. can only get better. If the download that you did on day one of the Wii U wasn't enough to kill you, <laughs> this one in 2019 <laughs> might just kill the console. Yeah. Next up, Tom, what you found there? Uh, next up, we've got some PC news. Ooh. Um, Turtles in a high-end PC shell. It's called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles Rescue Palooza. Based on the cult 80s and 90s cartoon, it's a homage to the arcade and 16-bit games and is filled with voice lines from the show. It can be played in cult with a friend and plays like the classics such as Golden Axe and Streets of Rage. It comes with over 60 playable characters and you can download that now from developer Merso X's website. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Is there a um, price associated with that? I don't know. Um, maybe it's. A, I think it's a free download. Um, the hottest news. We yeah. think we might be sure. We don't really know. Either which way, I'm pretty certain that's money free should be no object to for anyone for a game of that caliber. Exactly that, Tom. 60. Next up, Xbox news. Do you want to take this one? Like the immortal chicken chaser, Fable Four runs away from E3. We were sad to see Fable wasn't at E3 this year, as we'd hoped, but we got a little bit of info from Phil Spencer, Executive Vice President of Microsoft. Spencer says when it comes to revealing Fable 4 for real, he wants to make sure that when he talks of things to come, Fable or not, that that team should feel solid about what they're doing. Looks like they're taking a leaf from Nintendo with not announcing anything too early. Yeah, it's probably wise, isn't it? Um, they, if they show another CGI trailer, as we've talked about last week... The, like Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. That's a mistake, wasn't it? Starfield. Yeah, you're getting people too hyped for a game that's probably miles... Does this confirm in, round, in a roundabout way that Fable 4 is out there, much as we reported in our special Xbox exclusives, wanted, I think it'll dead be, alive? I think it'll be in development. They've got to, haven't they? Yeah. Is that too good a... Of all the games... Uh, of all the games they're bringing out, they've rested Fable. Yeah, it seems to be the one people most wanted at E3 from them as well. Well, we don't... Well, probably bar Halo, but... We get trotted out the iterations of Gears and Halo. Fable kind of fell off the sequel bandwagon for a while. Might be good to see it again. Yeah, I think so. We um, miss that game. We do. Moving on, we've got some Switch news. Stick an Amiibo in my pocket, I'll fetch the SD cards from the van. Fire Emblem, three and houses. if you want the rest, then you <laughs> come on, baby. It's something lardy do. <laughs> Classic Only Fools and Horses reference. And there. if you're looking for a mind worm, listeners, it's you know it's not going to be that. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses news, Tom. That I yeah, just it's, um, destroyed. It's just over a month away now from release, so people are starting to wonder how much space they'll need on the Switch. 
Well, it turns out a digital copy will take 11.9 gigabyte, and um, that's that's the digital. Um, basically, what was found was a Japanese digital download card, and that's where the information's come from. So sometimes when they uh, transfer to Western market, it can be slightly different. So you might be looking at like 12 gig, but it's always very minimal. Ah, okay, yeah, I understand. Different. I understand. Uh, there's also Amiibo functionality, which will be supported, but no sort of details of what they'll uh, do in the game. And there's going to be some future DLC, which will include new missions and costumes. You excited? The Resident Switch over yeah, time? You excited for Fire Emblem? be a game that probably I will be playing. We're going to break the fourth wall here a little bit. Um, me and my wife are expecting our first child, so... I'm going to be uh, holding baby and playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. Tom, so. don't ever break the fourth wall again. Okay, that was just one time. I, I live in the fantasy world. We have to prepare listeners for a potential um, emergency podcast. To be honest, if you can't do it, I'll reach out to my Australian cousin, Brett Dundee. I'll cool. bring him in. He's Tom, always keen. last bit of news. We've gone and spooned ourselves another sponsor. And talking of spooned, much like I did as the uh, youth at football, Tom <laughs> FM has spooned in an absolute belter. Um, Tom FM, for all those that don't know, he's a YouTuber from the... Long listener of the show as well. And fan of the show. Yeah. And uh, he has built himself a really great channel over on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I like playthroughs of games, but specifically sports games. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I've watched them all. And Tom FM is a playthrough of Football Manager. And the guy's name's Tom. You should look him out on YouTube. No, uh, it's not Tom doing a sideline, another dodgy <laughs> stingray feature. It's not me. It's Tom FM. And he's doing a playthrough of the uh, Lincoln lower division team, Lincoln United. United. Yeah. And he's taking those through season-by-season basis. But he does it in such a real cool way because he gets involved like he's actually the manager. And when I watch these uh, episodes that he puts up, I feel like I'm watching an episode of Match of the Day. You get a little bit of info about uh, the game. You get a little bit of info about the teams coming up. He, like, builds a story about the players. Listen, he's, uh, he's, he's real good on the mic, isn't he? And we implore you to check it out. He's got a real nice vibe about it. We definitely him. watch just for tips on mic. Uh, just have it be on air yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah he's, he yeah. is a god. And with that, we're hoping that we can sponsor the Lincoln Loco shirt for about £13.24. There's anyway, enough in the kitty, isn't there? Enough of that self-indulgent twaddle. Good luck to Tom <laughs> FM over there on YouTube. We wish you the best. And uh, keep the good content coming. And he's sponsored this megalith of news. Seeing as he plays Football Manager on the PC, he's sponsoring the PS4 news, the fourth segment of the show. As always, we're keeping it tight, we're keeping it on point and relevant. Tom FM sponsors Sony planning of robbing us of PS5. No, he's going to rob us of the PS5s. Loading screens. <laughs> That's how you wield out a clickbait title, Tom. It I make is. you nervous because I stumble my lines. <laughs> I make me nervous because I can't read. And I get the <laughs> listeners nervous because they're on for another car crash. Buckle up. <laughs> a new patent from Sony details technology that could curl off loading screens completely. The patent is titled System and Method for Dynamically Loading Game Software for Smooth Gameplay. Oof. Well, I hope they don't trot that out as a feature, Tom, because the box is probably going to have to be twice as big as the console itself. This outlines a system that monitors the player's location so that it knows when to load in a new area. 
What this means is loading will take place in the background, so in theory you're not having to sit through a load screen. That's a painting. That's news. I thought they already did that, but they're going to do it to an even higher level, I assume, Tom. Yeah, I think they're going to... It's not going to be as obvious, is it? We're not going to have those horrible plain black loading screens. Oh, that is one thing I forgot to mention in my crash review. Terrible loading times, up to 50 seconds. Shorter on PS4. Did you measure those yourself? I did. Got my stop Shoes watch. and socks off, listeners, to count yeah. up to those heady numbers. <laughs> Twice. Maybe you had to wheel in Mumsy as well. Take off your shoes and socks, Mumsy. We need to count up past 20. Yeah. Okay, so with that, Thanks, Tom FM, for sponsoring Tom FM on YouTube, your number one football manager stop shop. I don't think he came up with a catchphrase or a tagline, but that's what he sponsored the segment for. It was down to us to wield a a rather clumsy line and talk about his great channel. Tom, we've we've done the news. We've bottomed it like a stein at an Overwatch festival. (laughs) <laughs> thought I'd slip that in for you just to make sure Classic you're still awake history, Overwatch history yeah I can't Reinhardt I believe I know two oh, people mate. from that game <laughs> you're a f- secret fan I reckon tune in welcome back listeners to the my, Overwatch uh, podcast one of my rankings have dropped down so far I reckon there's been some sneaky plays going on yes the Stein Guzzlers <laughs> back plays. in town Tom before we sidetrack off down being another episode of the Overwatch podcast if we've missed something in the news or there's an opinion or take on something that we've said, <laughs> no doubt they'll have an opinion on something that I've said or not said or mispronounced. How would they get in touch and steer us right? Uh, reach us at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com or direct messages on Instagram or Twitter or comment on our YouTube page. And we don't need to mention that Tom struggles to remember that anymore because Mumsy's knitted him a jumper that he wears <laughs> only during the podcast. And that's got all the little links on it, hasn't it? Uh, please uh, also subscribe as well if you go on the YouTube page. And um, we're, we're really grateful. Well, before we launch into the feature, let's get down on our hands and knees, Tom. Flick over that begging sign that we flicked over earlier. Yeah. Let's look up and let's say, tell a friend. Yeah, so we've got a good amount of listeners now, but we really want to keep um, growing the audience and growing the unofficial control podcast uh, family. Yes. Um, as you've all moved into the... The village that we like to there. think of every time that a listener involves themselves and gets involved in listener stingray or in a in a feature with their memories, as we'll get to shortly, we like to imagine they've moved into the village. And Daddy Zilla's got a house down on the new estate. Red Dragon Rius lives in the loft of the village hall because he's like converted a converted into a dojo. Though, yeah, it? secret dojo. He's got like yeah. a secret little cave up there where he practices his moves. His Red Dragon Punch, because Tom. If he didn't practice that in lead in a lead-lined room, he could shatter everyone in the village's uh, windows. Really? The Red Dragon Punch. It is that powerful. All the way from deep down south. So it's with this that we launch into the feature. With the villagers inbound, the family, the unofficial controller podcast family. There's been a ruckus, though. There's been a ruckus. The feature this week, the murder of the Wii U, suspect number one, the Nintendo Switch. Feature. See what I did there? Every week. Slap it on the end. Mm-hmm. One day they'll notice. <laughs> <laughs> this week's feature is a discussion around the Nintendo Wii U, its launch, its reception, and Nintendo's transition to the super successful Switch. As always, you guys got in touch to share those memories of the Wii U and how you now view Nintendo as Switch owners or not. 
and we're including those almost as witness statements to the scene that we call the murder of the Nintendo Wii U. That's how you wield clickbait, Tom. <laughs> so pull on your best cop cliches and we make tracks to a suspected murder scene. Mm, the location, Kyoto, Japan. A dark alley behind Nintendo HQ. The scene as we describe it. The Wii U on the floor, seemingly dead. The controller screen, black and inactive. <laughs> a chalk line drawn around it and a handful of games strewn on the floor. One witness, or possible suspect, the Switch. Clutching its own versions of the Wii U's <laughs> biggest hits, found at the scene of a routine stop and search in the vicinity of the freshly deceased Wii U. Well, dear listeners, what does all this mean? Let's look at the Wii U, the freshly deceased, as we call it. Let's go deep. Let's look into... Who this strange console really was. And uh, Tom, before we, uh, before we do that, let's start off with this first witness statement. Let's hear from a listener who is close to the Nintendo family. Foggy on toast over on Insta. I was obsessed as a kid uh, with Nintendo. I had everything up to the Wii. The GameCube was my favourite and also the first console that wasn't a hand-me-down from my uncle. The Wii U, however, was a huge disappointment to me, so I fell out with Nintendo and didn't bother with it. Flailing while gaming isn't relaxing to me. I gave an, I gave them another chance with the Switch and have no regrets. So they seem to have forgiven Nintendo for the murder of a couple of consoles and they're happy with mm. their Switch now. Foggy on Toast, new name to the show. I've yeah, seen it around. Welcome. We haven't heard it for a while, I don't think. Um, Thanks for the comment. And um, it's, it's some good points raised there. about Yeah, the, the flailing while gaming certainly not cool. It might have been for a little part of 2006, but as soon as the, yeah. the fire died down that was the Wii Rage, that everyone needed one and they were going for crazy money. I mean, everyone money. had one of those, or at least knew someone who had one. As I've said before, everyone's grand's got a Switch, tucked away with a Wii Fit. Balance board. <laughs> balance board, sports resort. monitor, whatever other... Cooking utensils, oh, fishing uh, i tell you what they've got. Zumba. Zumba. Yeah, Zumba. They'll have Zumba for that Wii. They will. Won't ever use it. Do they do the Wii Zumba session down at the Village Hall still? Oh, I wonder who would do that. It's not going to be Red Dragon Race, is it? Is it too... No, is that... he's not into that. He gets on at them because they take... Mummyzilla. Up... Mummy, we've talked about this yeah. before. Mummyzilla does the Zumba classes down at the Village Hall, yeah. Tom. Often falling out with Red Dragon because basically... Um, well, Devonzilla she... needs to do Kung Fu. They've double booked. Yeah. So exactly. they run their, they try and run their lessons at the same time, but unfortunately, Deb's Babs got a red dragon punch to the throat while trying to do her final Zumba pirouette last week, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, like, well, I like the way you lightly just throw away one of the casual listeners getting throat punched by Red Dragon Rears. <laughs> I mean, that guy can crack. We're that. at a murder scene, though, so it's, it's small news in the village this week. Unlike... You know, for once, Tom, you've had to shake me up and get me back on scene. You're absolutely right. Now, like all good crime stories, Tom, the Wii U had a troubled upbringing. It was seemingly embarrassingly pushed onto the scene with very little fanfare, Nintendo treating the poor Wii U like something it really didn't know what to do with. This is part, as they say, of the problem, Tom. <laughs> Due to strange marketing decisions, the Wii U was seen by many as a peripheral or another peripheral for their Asian Wii console. That's Most- a good... Sorry. Yeah, no, that's, let's talk about that because yeah, it what was, was really going on? It was understood, wasn't it? Very so much. So many people thinking it was like a, some kind of tablet add-on for the Wii. It's how uh, it was advertised. It was, really. Did we see the console in the advert? <clears throat> no. Did we see a load of remotes? Yes. We did, yeah. 
Did we see Motion Plus and all these great mm. Wii controllers and all the things getting wheeled out? We did. I, I think they were trying to do a good thing in the fact that you can use all these old Wii things to to um, go with it. I, I think that we've we've I don't we've talked it was about backwards this. compatible with the Wii as well. Yeah, I think I wonder now we've done this whole feature, and I wonder if it's all redundant because I wonder if presented with the news and the wave of information of all the Wiis they'd sold, did they panic? Did they think? Oh, we've got such an installed user base. They've all bought remotes and controllers and Wii Fit boards and all this other stuff. Mm. It, we need to bring out a new console to stay relevant. But yeah, but we don't want to alienate. We don't want to alienate, you know, Grandmother Shirley from Blackpool <laughs> who bought one for when the grandkids come round. Yeah, I, I mean, they probably shouldn't have worried about alienating Grandma Shirley because she wouldn't have bought a console before or after her again. The Wii was mm. like a moment in time. Will anything be that successful? Well, obviously, all the consoles have been that successful. But for Nintendo, it was a runaway hit that way. I think potentially, if VR gets bigger and better, it might stand a chance. But it is a phenomenon, really. Of, Motion uh, control. Uh, yeah. It's weird how it just caught on. Um Hopefully. Again, even like the original motion control wasn't even that great. I mean, we, no. I, I bought one on launch mainly for playing um, Twilight Princess with the sword and getting for punishment. He is uh, brought it round to yours, and you were you were quite impressed with the Wii Tennis and stuff, but it didn't feel like the tracking quite had the most accuracy. You know, I knew it wasn't a bigger boys console, and then for some strange reason, and we'll get to this, I just pwned it up for a Wii U at launch. You did, yeah. What the hell? Um, so. The Wii U, it launched worldwide across November um, 2012 and finally in December in Japan. Um, that, that's strange, it launching later in Japan. Well, yeah, but they, once again, booking the trend of the, of the other consoles, like the PS4 launched first in America, then in Japan. Because mm, yeah. Japan's starting to become like a secondary market, location yeah. for them, a market, yeah. even though... You'd think it would be a primary location mm. due to it being successful, being the home of the equipment. But yeah, what do we it, know, Tom? We're just um, hokey jokey podcast <laughs> hosts. The launch titles, um, though bountiful, seemed uh, pretty uninspiring. Yeah, really, we'll, we'll just go through a few that kind of stand there. I mean, Assassin's Creed Three. <sighs> you know, most I was transitioning from the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. So a lot of these games that were seen as launch titles for the Nintendo Hardcore that had stood by the Wii and not played these mm. bigger boy games, when I rocked up to get my Wii U, I didn't want to play Assassin's Creed 3 again. I didn't need to play Arkham City. That um, Batman Arkham City Armored Edition had a few uh, features added bolted onto the tablet, uh, from what I remember. But nothing like again. Already I honestly it, still think I'd be part. So. I still think I'd come out of that feeling like I've been robbed. <laughs> uh, what else have we got on there, Tom? Call of Duty Black Ops Two. Yeah. Uh, Dark Siders Two, which was an odd inclusion, but Epic, good game though. That. Yeah, it is good game if you want a grown-up Zelda for the bigger boys. Yeah. Give it a shot. <laughs> uh, Epic Mickey Two, which was all the rage at the time. Uh, FIFA Thirteen. EA supporting it, you know, fleetingly a for bit, a moment yeah. there. Funky Barn. I should have researched it, no idea. I'm sure it's a, isn't that that CGI farm game to go in line with the movie at the time? Game Party Champions, no idea. Just Dance 4, you can't have a console without Just Dance <laughs> They're game. They're still reeling them uh, out. The new Super Mario Brothers U, which we'll get back to, uh, I was never impressed with that and maybe should have been my launch title, but it wasn't. A rehash of a DS game, but I'll save my, uh, I'll save my salty tears for a little bit later. 
Ninja Gaiden 3, Razor's Edge, which I don't think we saw in Europe, but uh, not a bad game for our American cousins. Nintendo Land, uh, I mean, that's in the top 10 best games. Uh, I think if it wasn't a pack-in, it would barely make a footnote in the history of the console. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a moment, because that well, was in I, your I launch pack-in. Yeah, I... Oh, he's folded play, his I arms. Play. He's defensive. He likes Nintendo Land, ladies and gentlemen, listeners. The arms are crossed and the expression is stern. He's defending um, it. Yeah, I, having picked up the console in November and having very little to play over it over Christmas, I wheeled out Nintendo Land for the family and uh, they were quite impressed. My issues start here. You need controllers from your previous generation console, yeah. the Wii. Specifically, they need to be motion plus compatible. Mm. This is hard walling off adopters of the console. I didn't have a Wii, didn't care for it. Thought I'd give a Wii U a try. Get it home that night. Yeah. To sit through a download when I finally do. Oh, the download was terrible. I want to play multiplayer on my new game. I can't. can't. Why? You need a controller <laughs> from a, a 10-year-old console. This is a very strange set of circumstances, Tom. It'd be like yeah. sitting down to play PS5 and telling you if you wanted to play multiplayer, you need a multi-tap for the PS2 and a host of <laughs> PS2 controllers. It's insane. Crazy. What, uh, what else have we got on got there? Rabbids Land. Mm, uh, interesting. That was a bit of a sleeper hit in the end, wasn't it? Yes. Same as uh, Scribble Notes Unlimited. That went on to do relatively well. Again, looking back not that long ago, some of these games that were big names at the time but now seem to have just sort of fell by the wayside. Um, Sing Party. Again, can't have a console that singing game, Tom. Especially no. not a Japanese one. <laughs> uh, Skylanders Giants. No idea, but I'm sure that involved a well, the, the, connector um, pad and yeah, all the, that. We should mention that the Wii U gamepad had uh, NFC technology. Was this it. using that or was this uh, using... Yeah, I believe it, it could use that, yeah. Okay, With so the, all that previously bought Skylanders tap now completely redundant on the Wii U. <laughs> Very true. Uh, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform. That tempted me at launch, I have to admit, but not enough, as we say. No. Not enough. I think they have always paled in comparison to Mario Kart and, uh, and Crash. System so. seller here, Tom. Transformers Prime the game. Day. <laughs> um, um, didn't notice it slipped out a Tekken Tag Tournament 2 Wii U edition. Yeah. Again, you're not going to say that in a hurry if you want it passing no. from the shelf. Uh, Warriors Orokai 3 Hyper, uh, Wipeout 3, <laughs> Your Shape Fitness Evolved 2013, and the last one we get to, we this is the one that we probably did actually like on launch, and we both picked up, is Zombie U. Like's a strong word. If I was to be put to death, <laughs> I'd prefer electricity <laughs> over death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> Zombie U... <laughs> Was death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> it for me, it was. I don't. I don't. I like roguelike games, but in the same tokens, I don't like roguelike games. And it was one of those games where I felt like I was failing all the time every time I died. And what made it super hard for what I would call a casual player like myself was that if you died in an area full of zombies and you had some really cool stuff in your backpack to retrieve that inventory. Mm. You have to go with your zero level character yeah. to a place where your XYZ level character had perished at the hands of some nasty undead lurkers. And then battle them to get your stuff back. And that gameplay loop hurt me. I quite I quite like that. I I was impressed with that game 
because um, it did have that sense of dread of like if you did get attached to one character mm. um, you really didn't want him to die you wanted to get him through to the end of the game there's some good twists and turns in the story um, and a heavy reliance on melee weapons because the ammo is quite it's quite a survival horror I was going to say I got a condemned vibe from it yeah condemned cross resident evil I, th- I thought yeah. that was overall out of that selection of games Zombie U for me is the, the best title you could have picked up with the uh, the Wii U at launch. Here's a host of deadly viruses. <laughs> Pick your medium of destruction. <laughs> Ebola, please. And don't spare the horses. So during you, its, oh, sorry. No. A few, few sales stats for you. Go on then, Tom. Uh, during the its first week in the United States, Nintendo sold its entire shipment of 400,000 units and sold a total of 425,000 units for the month of November. According to the NPD group, it also sold over 40,000 consoles in the good old UK's first weekend. We love a Japanese console here in the UK, listeners. Yeah. Especially Um, in the village. And uh, listeners count your two hosts in that number. Yeah, we were there. 40,000 units. Two of those attributable to the unofficial controller podcast. Yeah. Literally making or breaking Nintendo's launch window. (laughs) Um, how did it do in the homeland then, George? Nintendo's homeland, Japan, over 600,000 Wii units were sold during December 2012. Nearly 890,000 Wii U units were sold in the United States after 41 days on the market. From the Wii U's launch till December 31st, 2012, which is pretty much when all the buying gets done, uh, Nintendo reported 3.06 million consoles and 11.69 million software units had been shipped worldwide. Again, when we talk about uh, the Mega Drive last week, they were happy to have shipped 400, what was it, 50,000 consoles? Yeah. And you poo pooed it, and I said, well, if you had a warehouse and Stingray and you and him had shifted 50,000 <laughs> units a weekend, you'd think you were doing well. Nintendo probably thought the Wii U was doing on target with those 3.6 million sold in the run yeah. Christmas uh, 2012, Tom. And but quite rightly, wander- I'd reckon. Yeah, as we wander down the alley and um, start interviewing some suspects. Or eyewitnesses as well. Yes, let's you not label... You never know who's a suspect. Not guilty till proven innocent. Guilty, mm, not guilty. What world do we live in, Tom? Guilty till proven innocent. Absolutely. Well, he's a uh, very long-time listener of the show. Innocent um, until proven guilty, actually, Tom. You let me <laughs> get away with this totalitarian regime down here in the village. Innocent until proven guilty. Who's that, then? It's Finster Gamer. Ah. Uh, next witness, please. He said, I don't own one, but I did used to work in a well-known games shop as a tester for buying products and have excess... Um, he's tested both of the consoles, the Switch and the Wii U. I wonder, I wonder, where, uh, I wonder what shop he used to work for. Yeah. It's nice that we're getting his opinion, because he's Rumbelows, seen these things. Rumbelows, maybe. I'm thinking now, looking Dixons. back... For American listeners, these are large electronics <laughs> outlets that no longer <laughs> trade in the UK as they have gone bankrupt. <laughs> Tom, as current as ever... As worldwide, cutting edge as ever, there's an American now looking blindly at his computer, Googling Rumbelows and getting nothing. Uh, the Wii U, he goes on to say, the Wii U was a great idea as a um, lead-on to the Switch and uh, said it's not a bad console at all. Uh, Do you think I, Finster Gamer was a sex worker? <laughs> CEX? Uh, oh, of course, sorry. What You're are you talking about? PG Podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, he may have been. That's he's because testing then the he would have been testing. That's what I'm that's saying. That's an investigation to you. for another day. I think he's a, yeah. Finster gamer, a sex worker. Yes, I, think I feel so. like the Switch took everything right about the Wii U and fine-tuned it to be the perfect handhold and stationary console. I'd buy one in a heartbeat if I had a spare three hundred quid knocking about. Like you do, yeah. <laughs> the Tom. Uh, we, we you would go on to sell 13.56 million consoles. Not a, not a bad number, you say. But suspect number one, the Switch, sold 34.74 million as end of March 2019, so in less time. The Switch, much like Nintendo Wii, is getting everywhere. Uh, Finster Gamer looks like he would be a fan of the Switch if he had a spare £300 knocking about yeah. in retrospect. Uh, yeah. Hopefully one day he finds a spare £300 under his pillow. Yeah, so he needs he can, to maybe um, get on the Stingray's boot bandwagon and... Uh, he could maybe trade some of his Xbox yeah, titles. He could. With Stingray or yeah. down at his former employer, CEX, yeah. Sex, Kex, call it what you like. Um, anyway, enough of those numbers. Uh, they, they don't do the Wii U any favours, do they? So uh, let's talk about the concept and then on to the games. Um, in theory, and maybe, maybe a little bit ahead of its time, the Wii U made sense for the uh, for the modern family, sharing a room and a TV, allowing for gaming on the pad. Mm. Uh, good idea. Or in an alternative form, using the pad and its touchscreen to interact with the screen, encompassing NFC tech for popular amiibos. And that's for the parents listening, who aren't as cool as the younger crew, mm. near-field communication technology. Very good. Mm. Facts. Wheeling them out. Um, it also packed a host of motion sensors and even a camera. Let's just talk about that controller for a minute, because... Yeah. They, they've been known for always breaking the... Uh, the funny thing is, they were barking up the right tree, but they had the wrong criminal. Mm. They were close, like weren't us. they? I'll tell you my discipline. Yeah, very much like us. I was uh, thinking about this. One of the things I was most excited for was being able to just go into another room. I mean, is it much beyond the pale to imagine that I would like to go in the room above the room where the console's <laughs> located, separated only by a wooden floor, Tom? Yeah. And find that I get the immortal, <laughs> you're too far away from the console screen. The range was terrible. How could that be? I know. How With could that be? the technology be? out there at the time, it was a joke. Like I, uh, right, let's say I'm working at Nintendo Towers. Mm. We're trying to get the Switch out, for, uh, the Wii U out for a certain budget, and we're talking about what, what, what? This pad. I might want to play it anywhere in the house. Oh well, yeah, as long as they're in range of the router, you'd think that would be fine. Mm. No, pair the tech down in the pad a bit more. <laughs> pair the tech down in the pad a little bit more. Pair the tech down in the pad just that little bit more. Yeah, but boss, I mean, you've got to be sat two foot away from the screen. You've got to hold the controller. Up against the physical console, <laughs> even to play a game. Like a very old-fashioned TV remote, getting line of sight. Exactly in like that. Almost yeah. cabled up. It, it was not great, was it? Do you think they kind of came up with that idea halfway through and someone was like, hey, do you know what? This pad's kind of got a little bit of range on it. We can't. It's not just for flinging ninja stars at the screen. Maybe you could, like, play a game on this. It just seems very ill-thought-out for the normally very skillful and technologically eloquent Nintendo. Yeah, they were pushing an idea that, in theory, was like really good. That whole point of like, right, mum's come in, she wants Emmerdale on the telly. Well, oh that, well, that's all right. I can carry on my game. Well, yeah, sat on the sofa. Mu- and, uh, and much like, I mean, they they went all Mystic Meg Tom, but they went a little bit too far into the future. Much like the Wii, the Switch gets used now. 
kiddies playing Fortnite in the corner of the room. Mum's watching Emmerdale. No bother. Mm. Yeah, they uh, they certainly got the idea sorted for the Switch, didn't they? Yes, and uh, we now, go on to say... Second try is better. Unfortunately, the idea of playing this in another room to the console is not likely, sadly, the tech all based on in-room interaction, maintaining family unity by keeping them all in one room. That's an alternative take. If I'd been a Nintendo's it's press officer, I'd yeah. have spanned that out. I'd have been like, well, you don't want Johnny going off in another room where you can't supervise what games he's playing. All the content he's watching on YouTube... Get him in the room, playing with you. Unfortunately, if as you had a big lounge... zombies with a cricket bat. As he slays. <laughs> Very British gang. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it wasn't a bad idea, was it? But it wasn't no. executed well. Um, the thing is, we guess as gamers, we're all guilty. We didn't know what we wanted, but this experiment by Nintendo basically created the Switch. Yes, very much. Um, the reliance on the Wii remotes was also... Uh, it was a, a big massive, oversight, wasn't yeah. it? You're getting your brand new console and you, you're picking up controllers for a, a car boot for a pound. Mm. Something feels weird there. Again, they didn't yeah. want to alienate people and it was a very... I suppose with the world as flooded with remotes as it is, people could grab controllers quick. But I don't think they really had an alternative. Well, they launched the console like gamepads, great. Hang on, what if you want to play two player? Uh, hmm. How are we going to do that? Remote. Mm-hmm. That wasn't very cool, was it? No. Um, well, it's funny you should say that. Uh, Davy Bones uh, over on Insta, another eyewitness. Yes. Uh, Long time listener as well. What's He's he always about when we need some uh, information. What's he seen, DCI Tom? Uh, I think the Wii U is an awesome console. The name was awful, uh, and they showcased way too much compatibility with the remotes. Oh, yes. At that point, I had serious motion control fatigue. That's a really good point. Like, a lot of us were sick of that. Yeah. Wanted a traditional controller. And, and don't forget, the other consoles were trying to bolt it on with Connect and yeah. Six Axis and Move, move controllers, controller. exactly yeah. that. Uh, he goes on, I also think it should have come bundled with the Pro Controller and took their time with the gamepad and released it on its own. Mm, that's actually this would also brought idea. the console's cost down as well. Davy Bones, if you're short of work in your day job, you ought to give Nintendo of America a call because there's some pretty solid points he makes there. Yeah. I don't think I'd have missed that controller at launch, Tom. The Pro... The, the tablet? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like for what they had as launch games, you could have had that pro controller and had the traditional. It'd been no bother, would it? Yeah, and then maybe maybe I think it would have almost looked more like more. a new console as well, like with that control pad and with the with the machine. Because most people, can you remember the the console when it launched the box? I'm holding up a fictional box now. To, I see. To I see. I see. He sees it with his box. Eyes. Yeah. Um, if the, only this the, the was game, on YouTube. The gamepad on the box was massive, and like the console was a squirreled away in the corner. Again, ashamed like, of it. It was almost yeah. like it had a hunchback or yeah. third it was eye. Almost like a mega CD you were going to attach to the console. Oh, that's just pretty horrible. Uh, and if you're not caught up, listeners, uh, on the subject of the Mega CD, please go uh, back and listen to the uh, retrospective of the Mega Drive. A Tell you what, of. while we're here, Tom, let's be yeah. self-indulgent as always, and take a moment just to ask the listener if they could tell a friend. Yeah. Like, subscribe, mm-hmm. check us out on every medium possible, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, at We Amazon are Alexa. the next big podcast. We just don't know it yet. Yeah, we just don't know it yet. The listeners don't know it yet. But the OG ones, we're going to remember you. Much like the Field of Dreams, Tom. If you build it, they will come. They certainly will. Um, anyway, back to the feature. 
Mumsy's um, listened to the show 5,000 times this week. <laughs> We're feeling like proper big boys, so we got a big listeners' numbers. All those accounts she's had to make. Unbelievable. She's put the time Emails, in. Ad- email addresses for days. A mother's love knows no bounds, Tom. <laughs> Um, it's time to hear from Geek Play Record. Get him in the witness box. Uh, do you want to take this one? Oh, I will. Uh, Geek Play Record says, I might be in the minority, but I actually really like the Wii U in my setup. I'm playing close to my console, so I experience very little lag. That's good. He must be measured in millimetres in distance. <laughs> I didn't play on the go, so I don't feel like I'm hugely missing out. I've been close to buying a Switch a few times, but the Wii U is just about enough to stop me from buying... One, I feel that they do. If they do bring out a more powerful Switch Two, it would be enough for me to buy a Switch, especially if it can handle more powerful games. That's one thing I just want to mention about the Switch, Tom. When the Wii U came out, it was Nintendo saying, "Look, you know, we're not into me's anymore. We're doing big boy games. You get yeah. Call of Duty here, looking as good as it does on 360. Mm. We've got Assassin's Creed here, running worse than it does on any other console. They came out <laughs> with bigger boy games, and I think the Switch." has come out swinging with some bigger boy games. But as, and, and I believe the install is there for the Switch not to replicate the Wii U, but I think as the other game, the, the, as the other mainstream consoles progress forward and the graphical ability improves, if Nintendo don't do something, Switch is going to get left napping. Yeah, it, it might end up... Well, it's not going to do as bad as the Wii U, is it? But It's um, already the, beaten the, that. The, the third-party support is really good at the minute on the Switch. And yeah. I think for that to continue going into next-gen, they, they're surely going to be releasing a pro, like a Pro or a mid-cycle upgrade. Um, there's already been more rumours this week of um, a Switch Mini, which would tie in with the Christmas releases of, uh, of Pokemon and, uh, and Animal Crossing next year, those sort of very portable titles. Hmm. Um, but uh, we've talked about this before, though, haven't we? We expected to hear some news on that revised. Yeah, but if you hardware. remember, remember back, like we had E3 a few many years ago, and there was no news of a rumored DS upgrade. And then I think it was only like a month later, July, we got 3D 3DS. Listen, reveal. So. I think Sit down and buckle up, listeners, because when we've Tom got some rumours and speculation, I've got my tinfoil hat on, uh, lots of salt. I'm taking the, the salt. Yeah, you heard it here first. Switch mini this year. Wow. Uh, moving on. Well, probably but, not first. But, but what about the games? <laughs> the way you eventually get the latest news at least <laughs> seventy-two hours after it drops. <laughs> Your one-stop news shop. And if you want Wii U news, Tom, we have a place to go. We are. Well, you, you want to you focus on your niche? <laughs> That's real niche, the Wii U. And what about the games? The Wii U eventually got some good games. And by the launch Mario game, Nintendo waited a whole year or just about before delivering one of their own. Owning a Wii U, then, was a very low time. And it wasn't until June 2013 that we got a new Luigi U game then the floodgates opened and the Wii U owners, or what's left of them, got treated to some strong software. Pikmin 3, Mario Kart, Splatoon, Smash, the Wind Waker remake and many more. Tom, in fact, and also great third-party support from the likes of Capcom with Resident Evil and Monster Hunter and really great innovative titles like Wonderful 101 by Platinum Games. Yeah, you've mentioned some really great games there and then well, the what to I, JR. What I wanted to do up. is uh, take the listeners back on a little journey. 
I was an Xbox 360 gamer, and I'd kind of hit the wall with brown shooters. Yeah. And I decided, <laughs> after the announcement of, of the Wii U, nostalgia. That it was time I pulled back on the Mario onesie and went full <laughs> ninty in homage to my gaming history that we've touched on on the show. I, I got the Wii U with the Wii launch games <laughs> that I took home. So it came bundled with Nintendo Land, and I think from memory, I don't know why I shunned... You got Trine as well, didn't you? I think. Yeah, as a DLC. Yeah. It's like a downloadable game. I got Trine, Zombie U, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Was it Tropical Freeze or was it the Jungle Dash? No, that, that wasn't the launch. That came out quite late. No, I got that on the... No, I got the previous oh, the, game on the, the Wii. the previous one, Donkey Kong Country Returns. And listeners, I've never described what a pathetic scene that is. Is a man... Coming home with his <laughs> latest games console with a load of with Wii games to games play on to play it. Out, yeah. yeah, and I got it home and I wasn't vaguely interested in Zombie U and Trine looked nothing like even as good as the games I was playing on Xbox Live Marketplace at the time. And I felt very, very disappointed. Mm. I looked for more titles. None came through that even remotely interested me. I shot that sucker in quicker than finding out your car at the front is a Sierra and at the back it's a Mondeo. <laughs> I got that Wii U shot straight up the street uh, and I traded it for some retro consoles, bizarrely, which takes us on another journey that I won't go on. But Tom, from the moment I got that to the moment I found out that, lo- that games weren't coming anytime soon, I felt completely stiffed by the big N. Yeah, um, uh, rightfully so. Um, I had a bit more perseverance because... I had um, I kept my Xbox 360 for bigger boy games, games that will not be mentioned because of overuse on the podcast. <clears throat> Battle for Middle Earth. Anyway, um, games got, that will but not be mentioned. Cute on mentioning said game. Yeah, but I've got to go with that. <laughs> it's a weekly occurrence. Um, the Overwatch Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth podcast. That's neat. Starring God of War, Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, yeah, so I stuck with it a bit more. Um, picked up. Uh, <laughs> Picked up Pikmin 3. I remember, I think I might have messaged you as well, saying, look, they've finally got something that is really worth playing on there. Tell someone and who owns the console, yeah. Tom. <laughs> you were like, I'm done with it. Um, it. It really felt like classic Nintendo playing Pikmin 3, um, and it felt good to finally get something decent on there. Uh, after that, I picked up Splatoon, which was a real cool take New. on it. I new IP Nintendo really went... in new IP shocker. I know, um, and that's done well since then. Done mm. really well. I would say um, it's probably their most successful new IP in the last ten years. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's me speaking with facts. I've done no research. No, I think you won't be far wrong. Um, Tom, do you want to bring in another witness for a cross examination? Yeah, um, we've got Tech Mike reviews from Insta. He uh, says the Wii U is not a disaster in terms of quality of games. Mm as we're starting to talk about. Nintendo did drop the ball on marketing uh, it correctly, though. The Switch has been a huge hit and something that wouldn't have happened if the Wii U gamepad hadn't have happened. I think that's, again, we've we've, we've talked on that, but it's a solid point, well made, that one. The marketing was terrible. We didn't see any adverts. In the the UK, especially, it was very little adverts on TV. There's normally yeah. an ad where when you're watching Coronation Street and Mumsy it comes on and you can sit all proud with your chest out that you've got the latest tech. See that? That's gaming. That's, that's, gaming. that's, that's what I've got Mumsy. Oh is that that Nintendo thing you've got? That's exactly it. Yeah. First time Mumsy's been on air. Thanks Mumsy. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, so Tom's a little bit embarrassed that Mumsy's on air, but yeah. you know, don't worry about She's, it. She should be. Um, the show can't be wouldn't exist without her. Yeah. I've told her to get some more fridge magnets because I've got more reviews coming. So need them up on the fridge. Tom. Oh, for a minute I thought you were promising out more merch that we haven't even no, got the budget no. to get. That's Daddy's a great Zilla, idea, though. Daddy Zilla banging on the door, screaming, I need a bumper sticker, I need a bumper sticker. Unfortunately, I had to rather embarrass and tell him that the bumper stickers were a figment of your imagination, Tom. They will happen one day. We just need to grow the audience more. <laughs> and then the fridge magnets as well. Anyway, wow. we're rambling A sideline, um, Tom, that probably doesn't need exploring. Yeah, uh, the, the quality of the games was, was picking up, So it's and by the end, you had a good library of games there. Yeah. Um, much but, like as always, Tom, one of the villains of the scene. Oh, yeah. EA pulled support in 2013, shortly followed by Ubisoft, citing in the defence lacklustre sales of the console. I think we should defend Ubisoft here a bit because they tried. They they put a lot of games out there. They, they clearly weren't selling, so they're not going to... Do you think as soon as EA pulled the plug, Ubisoft were like, oh, thank God for that? <laughs> yeah, oh. they'll take the hate. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we can, we'll we can now quietly out. announce that we're we'll not We'll sneak doing out it. by the fire exit and, uh, and jobs that, are good. And that'll be fine. Yeah. Um, it's also important to remember that anyone who had a voice in gaming at the time likened the Wii U to the Sega Dreamcast. And uh, there was uh, many rumbling blog posts or YouTube video posing the question if this was to be Nintendo's last home console. Again, and again, in the success of the Switch... How soon fickle that we are that we forget. Who's how... that guy who's always? Is it Patcher? The one, the doom and gloom guy. I've Nintendo got no idea. And, yeah, he's always out there. Listeners probably know him. Um, he just chats sort of. He's got a random ramble. corner of the internet, much like ourselves, that he rambles yeah. through his mumsy. Oh, he's quite him. big. He's he's quite big, but he shouldn't be. Oh, right, yeah. okay. I'm well, laying the law down on that one. <laughs> the, I, I just remember at the time, there were a lot of people saying that they are only going to make handhelds from then going forward. Actually, do you know what? They probably weren't wrong because after the Wii U, they really are only making handhelds going forward, albeit with a dock. Mm. So they weren't wrong, although they weren't right. Sounds very much like the opinions on this gaming news show. Yeah. Well, it's here we need to investigate our prime suspect now. Mm. The very successful Nintendo Switch. He looked guilty. <laughs> he does. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> With that red and blue Joy-Con on each arm. Oh, I know. All blazoned up like... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's the big Lord Ponsonby of the... Uh, Ponsonberry of the uh, <laughs> of the estate. You need to get Mumsy's fiction, fictional Mumsy's fictional boyfriend's name correct, Tom. <laughs> else the funding for this show will get th- slit like a Egon goose's mind. neck at Christmas. Uh, doing all the things the fan base wanted the Wii U to do and all these great selling games on the Wii U um, hoisted up as awesome Switch games. Uh, games on the go in form of AAA titles. Anywhere to play to just within sight of the console. It also utilised in motion control and HD rumble. Mm. Um, even much like the Wii U in its early days, but with the installed hardware base and the third-party support in there too. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. But at the moment, third-party support seems to be strong for the Switch. Mm. If that continues forward, we're not sure. Obviously, the install base is there. Yeah. Um, but 
is that going to be enough for EA and Ubisoft to keep cranking out downgraded versions of games for this console? Is it going to be worth their effort financially? Would yeah, it pay off? I think the bigger the gap goes, we'll maybe just sort of see more sort of um, like Mario Rabbids Kingdom. Do you remember from- when you could get like uh, Call of Duty for the Xbox 360 and then the Wii version was like <laughs> yeah. a really terrible... It didn't bear any relation. Like one. Yeah, it didn't yeah. bear any relation at all and it had some sort of strange motion in it. <laughs> I hope we don't end up going down that route. Because at the moment, the games, albeit, you know, if you saw them running side by side, you might be able to knock the Ninty Switch's efforts. But if you saw them in there separate from one of the bigger boy consoles, I think the Switch is certainly adequate at the moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, during my notes from a review of uh, Crash Team Racing, I I watched a couple of comparison videos of the PS4 and, and the Switch, and very minimal difference, really. Um, it, it's more apparent in some games, obviously high-end PS4 exclusives and Xbox gears, those sort of games. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to get anything like that on the Switch, but it's done some good stuff. Yeah. Time to hear from another podcast crime agency. Some hot tips in from Precisely Podcast, who say, Love both systems. Happy they ported most of the games over, though. Being able to take your Switch anywhere is where the Wii U was lacking. I suppose that's actually a good point, Tom, because you had a Wii U and you got a Switch. And at the moment, you're suffering from a lack of games. Not because the games aren't coming out, but because you've already played them on their previous system. Yeah, if we're talking about like Nintendo exclusives, they they have, over the last couple of years, ported Mm -hmm. over a lot of the Wii U games, which is a good thing because some really good games on there and it's given a whole new audience a chance to play them. Um, But for me... It's not a very good way to treat your hardcore loyal fans that bought no, that last steaming it, dog it, poo you brought out. It's done, <laughs> like marketing-wise, it's it's clever because it fills in those gaps between the, the new exclusives. Um, so it's not always a bad thing, but it certainly uh, makes it seem like a long wait for like your Luigi's Mansion 3 and uh, new Pokemon, etc. Sure. Uh, so that was precisely podcast there. Um, so Doyle Dono feels he needs to get this witness statement off his chest. I love my Switch and was never interested in a Wii U. The controller seemed limited and toy-like. If only we'd listened to him at launch. <laughs> uh, that and the lack of the third-party support made it a no for me. The Switch looks good and performs well on the scale with its on scale with its counterparts. Fully functional outside of your home adds something unique the others don't have and was a genius step forward for Nintendo. It doesn't hurt. Its library has been great, and previously released games are now mobile for this. Uh, for those of us that travel often, oh, he makes a good point there. If you don't want, I think that sometimes the 3DS, 2DS, or DS games they aren't as deep as you may want as a gamer. An and and gamer. also, if you're enjoying a, a game at home, let's say yes. you, you you're uh, playing something pretty deep, like Breath of the Wild or Mario Odyssey, and you're really enjoying it, and then you think, oh, I, I could take that to work with me tomorrow. I play it on my lunch break. Um, what a great idea. And because it's not streamed, I mean, I've tried a few times to play yeah. PS4 remotely, and it's it's not been great because inter- internet connection at home is not great in the bunker. <clears throat> Spe- speaking of streaming, I'd be really interested to try the Resident Evil 7 and Assassin's Creed Origins that they got in Japan where they were streaming only for the Switch. So they were running off a probably a very powerful PC, so you're getting really top-notch graphics, but if your internet connection in there, it's no good. 
Streaming uh, might just save Nintendo from having to bring out another good console. I mean, imagine if they really throw a curveball and release a Switch that is stream only, like an upgrade, as we've talked about. Wow. Then you've got no worry about the uh, the CPU power. I think the, la- I think the lack of internet would render that a little bit of a, a yeah, Wii U in the bedroom scenario. We, we've chatted about this many times, haven't we, about you've got to have that solid internet to actually get people to invest in a streaming machine, uh, especially out here in the sticks. Yes, or three floors down in an abandoned nuclear bunker living with your mum. So all these up- upgrades and, and fancy games and ports, did, does this make the Switch guilty? Mm. Um, not knowing tech, we draw the line right back to Nintendo. Um, the Wii U's parents, the people that launched the console with a very similar name as its very successful predecessor, half-baked tech in the pad itself, confusing commercials aimed at kids but not cool enough for them to care. Always a big mistake. If you want a console to be accepted by kids, don't sell it to kids. Sell it to the bigger kids. Yeah, that's a because good point. Because there's five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, they don't know what they want, but they certainly want, want what bigger Johnny's playing. Mm. And at the moment, that's the bigger boy consoles or Fortnite. Luckily for Nintendo, they're able to run that game. Yeah. Let's face it, I enjoy playing a round of Fortnite on the hot point. Mm-hmm. You never asked me what I've been playing this week, Tom. I know. I think it was that, wasn't it? You've been sat next to that thing for a, You're so for a week. You're so selfish. Um, I know. It was my crash review. Just took I'm not even going to tell you now. I'm not even going to tell you Okay, okay. Drunk well, from power. <laughs> Um, the, just mentioning that uh, very plasticky toy-looking controller by Sir Doyle Dono. Mm. That's what we thought when we picked it up, didn't we, on launch. We're like, you've got iPads out there at the same time, and you're thinking, what is this? The thing is, when you saw like the pictures, it looks like it could be a quality bit of kit. Get it home and out that box. And mm. It feels like it something... massive as well. It feels like a kinder toy. It did. It it. it it probably kept the cost down, but also it just felt like you had really old tech. Tom, another witness brought in in handcuffs, Retro Gamer Thomas from Insta. What's he got to say? What's his statement have to say here? Uh, I've only had a Wii U about two years now. I didn't really use it much to start with, but the last year I started buying games for it and really started enjoying it. Um, he says he loves the controller. Ooh. Although they are expensive... He's talking to the controller there. They're expensive... Yeah, but a great idea nonetheless. Yeah, oh, they um, they did do a uh, like a standalone gamepad, I think, at a certain point as no. well. No, I checked not? into that. No, ah, right. Can't buy them separate. And even if you could get a hold of one, <clears throat> they don't work, do they? It would with... be absolutely useless. Yeah, which I think's a shame because mm. if they've got that pad down to like eighty, ninety pounds, and you could have two running simultaneously. Yeah, because that's what originally in those some of those early um, concept trailers, they were showing two being used for the same And concept. that would be really cool. I think, obviously, because it bombed a bit, they cancelled the idea and, and probably put some of the games on the back burner. Sounds like the tea-leave readings for this show, Tom. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes on to say, as for the Switch, Nintendo seem to have smashed it out of the park uh, yeah. this gen. And although I have uh, played on one of yet to buy one the main reason is it seems to have a lot of last gen games that I've already played uh, which puts him off a bit if a new IP hits the system it's going to be a must buy for him mm. also so, yeah. next up in the witness stand a new name to the show Retro Gaming Buddha 83 that's B-U-D-D-H-A 
uh, as in the religious dude. This guy's the religious dude of retro gaming itself. Retro gaming Buddha, 83. New listener over on Insta. The Switch was next, the next step in evolution for Nintendo. I agree with marketing being the Achilles heel of the Wii U. The Wii U should have received a mid-gen upgrade like the PS4 Pro. I believe Breath of the Wild was instrumental in Switch units being sold. Once again, Tom, if the Wii U hadn't given enough, it gave its final killer app to give birth <laughs> to the Switch. Yeah. The ultimate sacrifice. Uh, switch units I myself had a Wii U didn't really like the idea of the tablet too bulky for my taste but this tablet switch is slimmer and so much more someone mentioned all the good ports for the switch uh, from the switch to the Wii U or the Wii U to the switch why not port the really good games and give them a better life on a better console? I wish we could have asked Retro Game and Buddha what he means by that because they've released I a think lot he, of games, haven't they? Yeah, I think he's saying why not? Why? What, why not bring it, even more? Yeah, there's still still a few out there, and I know a lot of people uh, after uh, really want to see Wonderful One Hundred and One, which is a, a very hidden gem. Which mm. I think maybe one day I'll That's do a the bit game of a that intrigues me. The, my goodness gracious me! If he's not, <laughs> if he's not still giddy from his review of Crash Tag Team Racing, which he's claiming is a love, not a lair, by the way, he's uh, threatening to do a retrospective on the Wonderful One Hundred and One. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Super Mario 3D World as well. That's another one that they could probably wheel out on their Win, they Wind Waker. Wheeled out one that's similar, and can they wheel out Wind Waker again? The remake Deluxe. I mean, it they're looks not ashamed. Fantastic. They're not ashamed no. of slap, slapping remake Deluxe all over these games, are they? No, no. To be fair, while we're at it, Tom, sounds like uh, Daddy Zilla and his partner in crime, Devon Zilla, found looking suspicious around the back of the village hall. Tom, what have they got to say? For uh, Devon. Zilla, he uh, really digs Splatoon and uh, and Yoshi nice. on the uh, on the Wii U. Nice little uh, bit of taste there, Devin Zilla. Well done. Yeah, um, very sort of family friendly games as well. They are. Um, I didn't buy. He says I didn't buy a Wii U until the Switch came out. Uh, I've only had one six months, uh, but he likes both the systems. The Wii U is very unique. That brought a lot to the table for future consoles. But I agree with some others that it was a gateway to the Switch without even knowing it was. Mm. Uh, I dig my Switch, though, and since I've been travelling for work uh, more portably, uh, more portability is awesome. As always, That's Daddy, another, Daddy's another very eloquent of, there, isn't he? Another person saying it, it's great for travel and um, just playing on those 10-minute times you get. You, you find as well with the Switch that they're really pushing some of these smaller indie games where they just pick up for 10 minutes to have a blast... Dead Cells is a great game if anyone's got a Switch and want to the pick that up. The thing is, I'm for these indie games, but what I'm most nervous about is lack of curation. Sometimes, like Sony, they're making the misstep of pumping out absolute, total nonsense that they've not even curated to check if it's spelt correctly in the mm-hmm. descriptions. Much as we struggle with on a weekly basis <laughs> in the new releases. Um, it, you know, I'm a bit nervous that the Switch has put its hand up to be home of the indie developer, but does that mean it's going to be a wash with a thousand games and you miss the likes of Dead Cells because you've got 400 cooking mama clones? <laughs> yeah, we, we've we've discussed this a lot of the time, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, I just wish that... It, shovelware. Shovelware. But a lot of the PS4 was like claiming to be the home of the indie and they had T-shirts made and mm. slogans and yeah. it was the place where the indie games went and they yeah. got swamped with 
nonsense. And now they've probably a little bit more successful. They don't feel the need to pander to that anymore. They're missing out on some great games, but I think for the most part they've got it queued away. Nintendo's Switch now seems to be a mecca for indie games. And I'm starting to wear a bit thin with them. Hmm. Well, And I don't want the Switch to be swamped with average to poor mini games just because oh we've got a thousand games yeah but 995 i mean we, we don't want to sound too harsh with this as well because there's some phenomenal indie games out there yeah Hollow not Knight. at all um are we it, saying that indie it, games what, aren't good but what we don't we're trying want to, to get say, swamped yeah what we're trying to say i think with especially with the e-shop it needs to be streamlined a bit and they're really there's a lot of talk about them changing this up and making it easier to find the titles you want to and they can maybe do a, a style of like well sort of better recommends when you go into the shop just pop up with yeah i mean we're more to your style of playing there is there is a lot of um like these mobile games as well that are now ported to the switch because yeah, that's the problem they're, they're, they're catching on with like the kids love these like tablet games and it's ram or we don't want it. No. <laughs> we don't want it. And I, I think the larger game yeah. audience, once they've tasted other games, proper games on the Switch, these games well, aren't going to get bored. This, this is where Nintendo are trying to dabble in the mobile phone market is, here's Mario Kart Tour coming soon, I believe, to mobile. Now you've tried that, why don't you come on the Switch and try the full-blown like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? It's a good idea of, of bridging the gap from mm. mobile to, but we'll still have to see how that pans out. Yeah, we will. It would be also nice if they could... I don't know if they do or not, and we need to do some research on this, but offer a handout to you know, an indie developer. They see us come up with a really great idea, and they actually say, actually, come close. Work with some of our AAA staff, and we can turn your gem of an idea into an exclusive big game for our console. Take well, your you, core and turn it into something yeah. Nintendo-based so and big. If we look at um, Zelda recently with Cadence of Hyrule... Mm, that's a good um, example. That's done really well with some great reviews. Um, I think I will pick it up eventually. Um, but it, the it, it's, it's them yeah. lending their IPs to indie developers, which I think is really cool. Uh, mm, not specifically that. I mean, again, I'll be clamouring for a new IP more. Yeah. But, you know, use Nintendo's knowledge base... Okay, rather so, than uh, its character bank. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. So help them with uh, development. Yeah, and, and like, hey the, guys, this, this, this game would be loads better if you tightened up these controls. Oh, we don't know how to do that. Well, don't worry, because we've got 40 years of experience in making really good platform yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. Press this, do this, up, down, left, right. The game's finished in an afternoon, and it's a belter. Yeah. I'd rather we have more games like that than just a wash of... Mobile filth. Yeah, which we don't want. We want proper, decent, solidly built, good indie games. Yeah. Okay. Well said. We're agreed on that. Uh, the Wii U, we feel, was put out by Nintendo because they wanted to do the Switch, but the tech was too far away to achieve. So uh, they pulled out the Wii U in an attempt to keep them relevant mm. while the technology was dead. If they hadn't done that, they'd still be they'd have still been pushing the Wii. Mm. That was, a, that was a stretch even beyond maybe they could imagine. Because that, that console was old at that point. Yeah. Six years old. Yeah. Already looking old compared to the other games. Well, they, yeah, again... They had it, to bring it, out something. They, they were behind in that gen again anyway, weren't mm. they? So they are always playing catch-up. Um, it was, though, a wonderful experiment. Um, but 
was as consumers did pay the price a little the, bit. The, the early adopters. The early adopters really got kicked in the teeth. It was a good idea, <clears throat> and we were there, mm. and we got it home, and it didn't deliver on the promise, did it? But further down the line, we got some great games. and You got um, some great games. Well, yeah, I got some great games. If if you pick one up, as we've heard in many I of the lists... I looked angrily like the kid that gorged yeah. his Easter eggs on Easter Sunday... Come July, Tom's still munching on his Easter eggs. <laughs> um, like we've heard from a lot of the listeners, uh, having those great games come along eventually did make it seem a little bit worthwhile. Uh, certainly a, a great console to pick up now, if you fancy not shelling out for a Switch and wanting to play some of the, well, the ports. After doing this retrospective and doing all... Well, not retrospective, but doing the, the murder investigation of the Wii U, I've actually... What have I got? Like, what that sort of Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> I've been locked in with the Wii U and I've ended up falling in love with it. And I think uh, next time I get out of the bunker, I'm going to slip down C. Well, you've Finster. got all those remotes and certain, like, I have for the Wii collection. Yeah. Well, Tom, big news. There's a CEX opening in the village. Sounds like Finster Games going to be the manager. Awesome. Yes. Only man for the job, really. Yes, so I'll pop down to the Village CEX, have a word with Finster Gamer, and trade in a couple of PS4 games and uh, walk out with a Wii U. Tom, let's close close this. Yeah, let's close this feature out, and it's over to Get Switched On from Insta to be the judge, jury, and executioner with that name. It seems only fitting. I think everyone blames the lack of marketing and confusing controller only uh, scenario because the name, when actually I believe it's the Wii that killed the Wii U. Yes, the Wii U sold by the mil- the Wii sold by the millions, but whoever actually used it after the first few months, no one. If the Wii U had a different name and moved away from the Wii, it would have sold better, I think. <clears throat> Great show. Keep it up. Some nice uh, words there to sum up the feature, Tom. Yeah. The murder of the uh, Wii U. So Who- is the Switch guilty? I think that... Yeah. No, much like we said in the feature, I actually think Nintendo's guilty. Yeah. Could they have lasted? Could the Wii have lasted another year, and then they wheeled out something that was an amalgamation between the Wii U and the Switch? We could have got a little bit closer first time, mm-hmm. or was the Wii U an unnecessary and rather embarrassing experiment in their attempts to try and get the Switch off the line? Yeah, I think the latter. The latter. Mm-hmm. They did um, through, so we got to experience it, or you did, as we said, through the medium of some really great games that are now actually forming the backbone of a very solid lineup for the Switch. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Good time to pick up a Switch, Tom? I can't recommend one enough. Um, especially if you if you find you. I actually thought you were going to say there, I can't recommend one at all. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell? The show's falling apart. Clickbait, mate. <laughs> Clickbait. That yeah. should have been the title. That should have been the title. Tom. Tom Tom's thrown his Switch off a roof. Uh, hear how it all happened. Wow. Okay. Roof of what? Something very small, a bungalow, and it survived. <laughs> just he threw it onto a mattress. Listeners, talking of mattresses being thrown down, mattresses are getting thrown down everywhere because Stingray's been worldwide, and he needs somewhere to lay his head. Tom, listeners, Stingray, you always wonder where these links are going, <laughs> but I always pull it back at the last minute. I save us from ultimate death. Yes, Stingray throws mattresses down worldwide. Listeners, Stingray, what is listeners, Stingray? Um, so, listeners, Stingray is um, the hashtag Stingray's boot. Uh, it's his house calls, and um, he 
It's basically your your pickups as listeners. What what you've been out. Well, let's bake it down. Let's 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 simmer down the background story that is the nonsense that we wheel out here with the with <laughs> Stingray and all this other stuff. Listener Stingray is basically something you should hashtag on Instagram when you get a pickup and you want to hear your name read out on the show. While we comment sometimes rather meanly and sarcastically about your pickups. Sometimes a gog, Tom, at the Metropolis Street Racer and Project Gotham collection of Sharaban. The jealousy runs deep, doesn't it, when Very we see something deep. we really want. So um, tell me, Tom, it's what's that, first up in the book? As usual, Sharaban, straight in there. Oh, yeah, I was only joking. Um, we've got uh, Capcom versus SNK collection. Uh, two of those are on the Dreamcast and two on the original Xbox. Ooh. Not bad. Um, up next, we've got the Barber Who Games with uh, some Final Fantasy pickups there. Star Ocean, uh, an RPG on the PlayStation. Uh, Fantasy Star on PSP. Um, never knew that was on there. And Earth Defense Force 2017 on the Xbox 360. I finally caught up, Tom. The old man's finally got his uh, Nokia 3310 working, and I'm online. Too busy playing Snake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Barbary Games? Uh, PSP Games. I, I mean, I, I'm always happy when I see those. Uh, up next, Quest for Games. Seems to have bought what looks like a metric ton of gravel <laughs> and two retro consoles. So he's been down Wicks and got some gravel. And Quest for Games has also got a Crystal Xbox and a Nintendo 64. No controller for that Nintendo 64, Tom, but he's thrown down an Xbox Slim controller to try it and... It will work eventually. ...to try and deceive the lesser men. Uh, Simon underscore Swee. Uh, oh, we like this. Yeah, he's a, he's a very... He's definitely been in the boot of Stingray. He so has. He's it. got some, what look like VHSs to me, of some they classic are. cartoons. Thundercats, Dino Riders, Turtles... Star Zinger to Finger or Zinger Star Zinger 2 I don't know what that is hopefully it's suitable that looks for a like PG a collection because uh, there's a number 39 there if any listeners can help us pick out I, I, I tell you I one thing I'll tell you one thing Sime and it's S-I-M 0-N underscore S-W-E I presume when he went on Insta that day Simon Swee was taken so we had to <laughs> underscore and slap a zero in there he does some really great pictures on his account. You should check him out. Cool. Uh, yeah. He's also got a VHS of Thundercats as well. He has. Look out. Davey Retro's rummaged deep in Stingray's boot this week, and he's pulled out a Sony Walkman, Tom. Cassette. Nice. Variant. Bite yeah. My Pixel looks like he's had a good run with his Game Boy Advance is of Shadow Man on the N64. If you're playing N64 and the bigger boys laugh at you, hop yourself off down the aforementioned rumbelows and come back with your chest puffed out because you've got a mature game for that Ninty console. (laughs) You've got Shadow Man. He's also got a uh, a Wii wireless controller, GameCube controller. Wow, Um, it looks like it's made out of stone with some radiant blue energy screaming from inside its And in great big letters, also compatible with Super Smash Bros. And includes internal glowing LEDs. We just love it. That's what I'm saying to you. That thing is insane. It's like that was made for our podcast. Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the PS2. Actually a great game. Copy The Last of Us, a very good game. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever, less said soon as mended. Uh, Episode 3, Star Wars on the DS. 
Uh, moving on, uh, we've got Sharaban with uh, some Mega Drive games and PS2. It's a very nice Shinobi collection. I was going to say, Tom, get your eloquence right. That oh my goodness, have you seen the next... I'm so glad about this. Stumbled across now, this, asked, begged them to hashtag Stingray's boot. There's some serious titles here, Tom. Lawnmower Man. <laughs> Hang on a minute, though. Zoom in. Lawnmower Man 2. The film that was so bad... He actually managed to knock a sequel out. I see he's got George Lucas's favourite on there, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. George Lucas and mine's favourite Star Wars film. Uh, Tombstone, a great western, that is. Young Guns 2. Not a great western. Yes, that's pretty good, actually. Oh, uh, Patriot Games starring Harrison Ford. Young Einstein. Wow, it's literally like the inside of the boot itself. Tombstone, as you say. Highlander 2. The the backup the name of the show, uh, Blue Canyon Games. Loaded up to sell their wares again. Yeah, there's an old 360 in there and it's shoved in the corner. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Four, Stuntman. Uh, yeah, decent selection of PS2 titles there. Call off the dogs, Tom. Ozcat's back in the boot, awesome. showcasing his endless growing Switch collection. Wow, that's just he's insane. he's also got. Um, the online subscribers exclusive NES Joy-Cons. Now, they're pretty cool. So they attach to the Switch so you can play some of the classic NES games. I tell you what, just money's no object to Obscat. He's got some. He's got a hell of a collection, hasn't he? He has. Welsh Game Hunter. That's a name we haven't heard for a little while. He's gone and got himself a little Atari handheld. Um... That looks like the dragon thing that uh, Obi-Wan rides in episode three. It is, when he gets Spoilers shot Spoilers for a rather aging and <laughs> mediocre film, but that thing buys it in a real emotional way and plunges deep into the water. Tom? Various other Star Wars figures there. That's the only time I felt emotion in the Star Wars prequels <laughs> when that crate dragon died. Yeah? Yeah. It reminded me of the soup dragon from, uh, from Clangers. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Thankfully, he's got Days Gone in there, which is a rescue. If you don't want to ask me what I've been playing, I'll tell you it's that. My, uh, Michael Jackson Moonwalker on Blu-ray. Not bad. Not Pretty bad. cool. Some some Star Wars figures to back up the Great Dragon. Daddy Zilla. He's panic got... over. He's in the feature. He's in the boot. He's alive. He's everywhere. He gets where water can't, does Daddy Zilla. He's picked himself up a copy of Sonic Adventure Limited Edition, mind you, on the Dreamcast. Uh, what else has he got here? Ah, the mega pickup. The mega pickup. He has got an absolute horde of uh, Saturn games in yeah. a CD wallet. <laughs> Thing is, you want to play nice. the games? Just get the games. Yeah, He's a gamer. He's a gamer. Daddy Zilla with some more stuff. He's Tom, got those previously mentioned uh, Mega Drive cartridges. Do you know what I, I love about Daddy Zilla? He obviously listens to the show. And he obviously listens specifically to you. Quote, unquote, the Zillas are cooking up another batch of retro goodness. Tom, dust off your pens. It's time to sign an autograph. You've come out with a line that's stuck like glue. Oh, yeah. And what is he cooking up in that little retro pile there, Tom? There's all sorts in there, isn't there? We've got Jungle Strike and NBA on the Mega Drive, as we mentioned. Some SNES games there as well. He's got Saturn. Uh, he's got the Super Scope uh, My goodness. games. Uh, Sega Saturn. There's that, the, the PS3 Move Gun holder as well. Yeah. 
Saturn oh, instruction cool. books coming up, coming clean up out as yin yang. Always on top of the cooker as well. Always. We well, Tom, it. that's why I did that line about it cooking was, up. I, I'm, I'm on you. I just, it's, it's nice to see. You, you know the other podcasts? Did Mummy get you the transcript of those? Yes. The ones that your stunt double performed in? Retrovisions <laughs> with his Intellivision Super Pro system. Uh, a pong clone much like the one I was foisted into the world with. Retro underscore game underscore rescue coming in strong with a selection of loose N64 games that he's got in these special little holders and a, a, a rather intoxicating supply of NES games. But look out. Knew the show was going to be about the Wii U. He's got Nintendo Land, Disney Infinity and the aforementioned Batman that Tom rates because of the implemented Wii U controller adaptions. <laughs> Yes, much like him, you're about as excited as he is for that. Uh, Radbash um, Gaming's been picking up the DVDs, Tom. Yeah, uh, he's got a selection there of uh, Garage Sale Finds, um, Scream, The Ring, got a few horrors in there. Uh, oh, well, look out. Yeah. He's got Pirates of the Caribbean, and he's been and got some PC games, Martian Panic, 10 Pro Board yeah. Games, Combat Flight Simulator. Ozcat's back, uh, of Tiny Troopers and Shaq Fu. For the Switch, yeah. yeah. Nice. Radbash uh, Gaming. Again, more uh, 360 games and DVDs this time. And some Funko Pops of... Uh, Tom. Davy Jones from Pirates of the Best thing in that list from Radbash Gaming there. Copy of the Wild Wild West starring <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> A Stingray boot favourite. That and the Hulk. Um, Daddy Zilla, we're going to skip you out again there because you've had more than your fair share of Stingrays. Well, he's got a PS2, Wii, PS3 games. The uh, Ozcat again with the. What well, I saw this earlier in the week, a very nice selection of uh, kart racing games on the Switch. Arranged in the shape of a flower to symbolise his love not only for the Switch, but for Stingrays. I Ray's thought boot. it was done in the shape of wheel spokes of a racing kart, but. Mm, he will actually, let us know I'm sure in retrospect that sounds like a really good idea Tom arts in the eye of the beholder retro gamer Thomas yeah me and him were talking this week on Insta about uh, he had picked up Crash Team Racing on the PS4 and he's gone for the bigger boy version he has yeah the, the running smooth version uh, so I hope you enjoyed the review of that little devil underscore 71 he's gone and picked himself up a LCD Pac-Man game, which looks cool, really cool. Yeah. Uh, oh no, Sharaban picked up Hollow Knight Physical Edition with the map oh, and various other extras. Map looks good, Tom. Yeah, that is cool. I really envious of that. I would probably get it if I didn't already own the game on digital. Retro Gorgon weighing in with a copy of Shadow of the Colossus and Ico. Two yeah. PlayStation heavy hits. Looks yeah. like he's got the collector's edition boxes of those. And then the egomaniacs are back again. Oh, look out. Look at us at the Unofficial Controller podcast. Showing off our Mega Drive wares. And I think... No, that was actually a post, bless our cotton socks in our defence. 8-bit overhaul has actually used that as a way of commenting on the show. He's posted up our oh, post cool. himself. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Radbash Gaming doubling down on the 7th generation, which is the Wii. He's got the balance board... Some hokey cokey looking <laughs> steering wheels uh, and the Wii itself, but he's also because he's not too sure whether he's going to enjoy the Wii, he's picked up the grim adventures of Billy Mandy on the Game Boy Advance. I'm sure that now we need to move on to this one quickly. Chris McClum, oh, he's back, he's back. 
Like the Terminator post, he is indestructible. I like what you're doing there, Tom. Uh, he's he's got, a T9000, this Christmas. He has. One. He's got the skeleton head of the T1000. Uh, that's a T900, isn't it? Yeah, that's a T... Yeah, let's go with that. He'll let us know if we're... He's a good man for correcting us. I miss Chris McClum. I do. He needs to chime in this week. We need Maybe to we could lower him into the lava Alarani and Terminator 2 and he just gives us a thumbs up as he slowly disappears from the I think that's, what, that's all he would do. He wouldn't even mention that he was in pain or burning. No, he would, he would just take the, uh, take the pain. I feel that we've, we've done Listener's Stingray. Yes. Uh, another deep dive through some retro games and it's nice to find out what the listeners are playing uh, while they wait for the podcast to come out on a weekly basis Tom we mentioned that Stingray's boot is overflowing sounds like we've got a me, lot of new releases well guess what Tom he ended up at an illegal black market auction for some old Rumbelow's stock <laughs> he but knows all the spots doesn't he Although he didn't know they were stolen, it's still an offence to be in possession of stolen goods. So with that, Tom, he drives like a maniac down the drive. He doesn't want to get caught with this hot contraband in his boot. Certainly not. And he doesn't want to be found guilty by the officers of the Federation Against Copyright Theft. (laughs) The men that deal with more facts than we do, Tom. So here he comes, steaming down the driveway like a crazed man who's trying to get himself to the reunion launch in 2012. As the spring settle and the door pops, let's have a look. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. What's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battle for Endor this week? These are the new release highlights for June 24th to June 30th, 2019. Listeners, these are out on digital or physical or will be by this time the podcast is in your feed, but could be region-dependent. I think I stumbled rather clumsily over that last bit there, Tom, but pretty much in Pretty impressive this week. Only a light wound, a flesh, a mere flesh wound. (laughs) And while I'm feeling confident, I'm going to launch in with this. Formerly a PlayStation exclusive. But now, if you've got a 486 gaming PC or a Hotpoint washing machine, Heavy Rain PC, June 24th. How far will you go to save someone you love? Play four different characters in this tension-soaked psychological thriller. Choose your next move carefully, as every decision may have dramatic outcomes. Spanning four days of mystery and suspense, the hunt is on for a murderer known only as the Origami Killer, named after his macabre calling card (coughs) and leaving behind folded paper shapes at crime scenes. Each of the four characters follow their own leads with their own motives, directing their very actions you have to prevent the killer from claiming a new victim. How this story ends is entirely up to you. Good game, Tom. Switch um, PC owners would do well to pick that up and maybe hopefully get some more of that studio's titles. Yeah, that'd be cool. What have you got? Uh, I've got Senran Kagura Reflections on PC, June 24th. Sounds like a a big title for you, Tom. (laughs) Can you feel it? The beating of her heart. In a classroom after school, learn the ways of reflexology by sinking with heart and body. In Senran Kagura, Reflections. Interact with your favourite shinobi heroine like never before. Can't say I've ever heard of that one, but if you're a fan, that's out on the, the 24th of June. Well, I'm going to push you out of the way while avoiding direct eye-to-eye contact with the Stingray because that's the precursor to his fatal strike. Judgment on the PS4, June 25th. Doing my best to avoid Stingray 
It says, from the team that brought you the critically acclaimed Yakuza series, and that's why, listeners, Judgment is my mummy mummy. A gritty tale of disgraced attorney Takayuki Yagami in his quest for redemption. Haunted by his past, he takes arms as a private detective, clawing his way through Kamarucho's underground crime network to investigate a string of grisly murders. A proper big boy game for a proper big boy console. Tom, what you got? Well, I'll have to make do with Devil May Cry, the original on the Switch, June 25th. The legendary stylish action classic is back. The first appearance of Dante, the ultimate devil hunter. With the blood of the legendary demon warrior flowing through his veins, Dante takes on a mission from the mysterious Trish to travel to Mallet Island and defeat Mundus, the king of the underworld. But this is no ordinary job for Dante, who is also motivated by revenge. Use your sword and dual guns to pull off flashy combos in this classic title, which introduced the stylish action genre to the world. I've played that recently on PS2. Still enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, still holds up. Pretty good game. One for Oscat here, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> Monster Jam Steel Titans. It holds no bounds. It's coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox, June 25th. Real trucks, real action. Monster Jam. Monster Jam Steel Titans delivers the complete Monster Jam experience for everybody to enjoy. Tom, nearly my mummy mummy, but I'm holding back. What you got? <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Mutant Year, Year, Year Zero, Road to Eden, PC, PS4, Xbox and Switch. Mm. So out on everything. Probably mobile as well, who knows. Uh, out June 25th, the tactical game combining the turn-based combat of XCOM with story exploration, stealth and strategy. Take control of a team of mutants navigating a post-human Earth. Created by a team including former Hitman leads and the designer of Payday. So, pretty good uh, developer pedigree one there. to keep the eyes on, Tom, yeah. that one. Uh, Samurai Showdown, next up, PS4, Xbox, June 25th. After nearly 10 years out of the spotlight, Samurai Showdown is back with a vengeance developed by the team behind the critically acclaimed King of Fighters... 14, 13 beloved fighters return along with three new to do battle on this legendary stage, Legacy. The same tense, high damage single strike battles that the series is known for, Evolution. New cinematic art style and updated fight mechanics bring each battle to life in a variety of online and offline modes, Revolution. Take on the top players in the world with a revolutionary AI system that learns players' patterns and creates ghosts clones for you to take on in head-to-head battles. Tom, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I played some of the um, original... Well, I re-downloaded them on the Switch, the Samurai Showdown games. They're quite good. Good good, um, good uh, fighting beat Next games. up, Tom, hot news. Switch, as always, bags itself an exclusive from Microsoft <laughs> there. What's this all about? Is that a, two, a day exclusive? Hot news, listener. Yeah. You want this exclusive? Irony Curtain. Irony uh, Curtain. Irony Curtain mm. from... Do you want to take that one? Marty Oshaka? Matroiska. Matroiska? I think that's right, yeah. Sounds Russian. Whatever I said right there, you'd have got behind. From Matroiska. Irony Curtain from Matroiska with love is a satirical point and click inspired by the classic When's adventure it out? games. That's out on uh, June 27th on Switch and June 28th on Xbox. Wow. Um, a game that smuggles you out of your comfort zone and throws you into the middle of a cold war spy intrigue where there's an even bigger game being played. Oh, that's pretty. Uh, we don't see many Cold War games, do we? No, not at all. That's uh, interesting. That yeah. one. Uh, My Child Liebensborn on the PC, June twenty seventh. 
What happens when the war ends? Does hatred just go away? My Child Liebensborn is a story-driven nurture game, a dark Tamagotchi, <coughs> letting you experience the fates of children born of war. Take care of Corinne and Klaus and help them survive in a post-war society. Find out what happened to their parents and try to find a better future. My Child Liebensborn combines genre and theme in a unique way. You take part in a journey of a child through a significant time, balance meager resources and emotional needs, influence the child's personality and views, make tough choices... Tom, that sounds less like a game and more like a series that Channel 4 would have filled in the <laughs> early 80s and put it on at about 2 in the morning. I'll be yeah. skipping that. Uh, I'll take this one because uh, I've just chucked a copy of uh, Mrs Doubtfire out of the way to get to this one. <laughs> Tom! The Sinking City out PC, PS4 and Xbox out June 27th. This is my mummy mummy this week. Wow, um, bold. Caught my attention, yeah. Bold and interesting move. It was all that investigation work we did into the murder of the Wii U got me hyped for this. The Sinking City is an action, <laughs> inve- action inve- investigation game set in an open world inspired by the universe of H.P. Lovecraft. In this new type of adventure, you take on the role of Charles W. Reed, an investigator in the 1920s US. No sooner have you arrived in Oakmont, Massachusetts, than you are led to investigate a mysterious flood... Uh, in the city in the hopes of shedding light on the darkness that has seized the place and corrupted the minds of the inhabitants and yours bit of a shutter island vibe i got from the trailers uh with that one okay well i'm none the wiser but i may uh have a little investigate on that mm. seeing as it's out on every platform known to man um what am i looking at tom it's that time of year again. We'll out another cycling game. Tour de France 2019. <laughs> Got to have one of the bigger boy consoles. So PS4 or Xbox. Switch owners and PC owners. Going to have to download a hokey cokey indie version. It's out <laughs> June 27th. Completing all the stages of the official route of the Tour de France 2019. Will you go all out in La Plancha? Des Bell's Phil's Climb? Or will you have to wait for the Poe time trial to earn the best place in the general classification? One thing is certain. You'll need to excel in the Triple Mountain Challenge of the Col de Vars, Col d'Azard, and Col de Galabier in the 18th stage to earn the yellow jersey. It's up to you and you alone to make the best choices. Already made it to the top playing solo? Experience the new online mode. Finish your season in style by being selected to represent your country at the World Championships. For the first time in the game, ride the cobbled roads of the iconic, iconic Tour of Flanders. Tom... I would pay probably £5 to charity to hear you read that out. <laughs> I'm glad I uh, managed to get you to do that one. Um, here's a fiver. Charity of your choice. I'm sure there's another one coming up Sure. Oh, uh, Virtual Racing on the Switch, June 27th. On the YouTube Dave channel, they'd have played that over and over again until they wore the wheels off of YouTube. <laughs> Uh, virtual racing on the switch um, experience the herald of modern racing games virtual racing it's a race against time but be careful running into opponents and obstacles will slow you down can you beat the clock now featuring rankings and replays online two-player races offline multiplayer races up to eight players at once on a single nintendo switch a cleaned up version of a 30 year old game with Ron one track and eight cars <laughs> let's hope it's not 120 per- pound like the mega drive original uh, the crash disabling helper mode and motion controls. Oh, thank God it's got those. I just think sometimes <laughs> I sit and think while playing Mega, uh, playing the uh, Mega Drive or 32X version of uh, Virtual Racing, 
I wish this had motion controls. So moving on from virtual racing on the Switch, that's your Switch option, but the bigger boys' consoles get F1 2019 out on PC, PS4 and Xbox, June 28th. Uh, F1 2019, the official video game of the Formula One World Championship, will ship a full two months earlier into the F1 season and launch worldwide on Friday 28th of June. Having been in development for nearly two years, F1 2019 is the most ambitious release in the franchise history and will launch on PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Windows PC, um, available via Steam. Having established itself as one of the highest-rated racing franchises of all time, F1 2019 will deliver an experience that rivals the quality, production values of its real-life race counterpart. And for the first time ever, includes personalisation of a 2019 regulation car for multiplayer racing, as well as several new game features which will be revealed in the coming months. Do you know, Tom... You leaping forward and claiming F1 2019 would be like me leaping forward and claiming a front software game as one of my picks out of the boot. Um, To that end, I'm going to get all selfish, kick you out of Stingray's boot and take this, Super Mario Maker 2 for the Switch, a game that a real Switch fan would have got behind and trumpeted (laughs) as a big title. Break the rules and make the Super Mario courses you always dreamed of in Super Mario Maker 2, only on the Nintendo Switch. With lots of new tools, course parts and features at your disposal, let your imagination run wild as you craft unique levels to share with friends and players all over the world. That's out June 28th on the Switch. In an alternate world somewhere, there was a show where you all fell asleep while we talked about that game. Thankfully, we talked about (laughs) Crash Tag Team Racing and how much we loved it in the new What You've Been Playing feature. Tom? I'm pleased you talked me into that purchase over Mario Maker 2. Um, I think I'm not a massive fan of the 2D Mario games. I, feel I like honestly they, think... They pale in uh, comparison to the 3D ones. If Mumsy had let you buy that, I don't think she'd listened to the show 5,000 times this week and we'd have been down to our real listener count, zero. <laughs> It's a wonderful game. I just don't think it's our bag. And I think when no, we talked um, about it, you've done it to death. If you, you come at me with a uh, a Zelda dungeon maker or a 3D Mario maker, I'll be right there day one. Yeah, I think that would actually be a bit more of an innovative title, a Zelda uh, maker. And yeah, I'd, the, I'd the, pay to see that. They're adding a, a, a small dungeon maker oh, to Link's Awakening, aren't they? Yes. Um, so maybe that's a bit of a test of well, water. Well, Tom... Seeing as you don't really care about me, uh, <laughs> I'm going to quickly tell you what I've been playing. A bit okay. more days gone. And uh, I've been, for some reason, strangely obsessed with NASA. So I've been watching quite a lot of videos on YouTube. After a few hours, I noticed that there's only two videos. <laughs> and people have cut them up and repurposed them. And I'd watched the same program about 20 times. Off the back of that, I felt the need to download... Apollo VR for the PSVR and experience what it was like to go to space. Save your £9.49, listeners. You're better off throwing Lego at your eyeballs because there's times when that game's okay. There's times where it's just woeful. It gives a great sense of scale. Yeah. But that's about it. Okay. Sounds like a good idea, VR space. Yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't vibing with it. There's there's very little game going on. It's a bit more more of a... Is it just like watching a space documentary first-person view? Experience, yeah. When you do get given control, because you've got to take the the lunar module 
turn it round and then go forward and dock onto the lander module, which is like a real pivotal part. He's been the, down a wormhole, folks. It, I have uh, a YouTube uh, wormhole. It's a real yeah, pivotal it's, part of getting to the moon. And you take the control and you basically, it's very simple. Pull down on the, on the stick, does a flip, press X, line it up a little bit, job done. All the stress and panic mm. and tension, gone. No explanation of if you don't do this right, you could all die. None of that. No consequences. Um, no consequences. Yeah. Just restart the mission again. <laughs> and because it's an experience... We're Maybe not... a permadeath mode on, on the uh, VR that would... experience. Wow, okay. Stranded in space in yeah. VR forever. In addition to that, I've been doing a bit more Days Gone, slowly yeah. trundling on. Um, and what other games have I been playing? I think that might be it, in all honesty. Yeah, it's no, bit... knowing me, I've been playing some random title on the PS2 for this week. It, it escapes me what I played. <laughs> but more importantly, because it's the end of the show, Stingray's board is gone. If there's anyone left listening Try to the, the show, Tom, let's end it here. What are you gonna? What are you hoping to play? Uh, trying to actually win a race on Crash Team Racing would be good, um, mm. and, and along with the usual titles. So, yeah, steady week. I might get that uh, Sunken City game. Okay. Um, I don't well, know. I, whether, I don't know whether judgment. it's a. I don't know where it's a budget uh, budget release. I do like the look of that judgment, and I feel I've heard it's probably a good step into the Yakuza series. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, dip your toe in. Maybe I should give that a double. Okay, I'm waiting. Cool. Yeah, you going to ask? I'll, I'll get back to you. Uh, what about what you've been? Well, what are you hoping? Is that to play? much of a celebrity these days, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, he's, he's had to crawl down to the lower man down here. He's had to crawl down from his perch. Come to the cheap seats. <laughs> He's asking me what I'm playing. Um, well, Judgment, I'm going to pick up. I think I'm definitely going to pick that up straight up. I'll Good. be getting that. Good. Uh, I'll be playing it. I don't Is even, that a full... I'm uh, too lazy to give a lair love or leave. I'm too lazy for that. Okay. So, and, and it's a big game, so I'm not going to be able to get it finished and then give an option. Maybe in a couple you. of weeks we might get a love or layer. Oh, definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm just not going to race through it and give you a review in a week of, of, no. of Judgment. It's a... Bit too much of a big game for that. Yeah, um, I think Crash was kind of like you experience the racing and the various uh, parts of it, and it, it very can, much so. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a lighter you've game. You've got a full story to play. Although through. I do hear that a lot of it's very in the trailer. I noticed. I think I he said, "Oh, new trailer out for Judgment by the Yakuza Boys," and I looked at it and thought, "Yeah, slightly different story. Well, the same mini games." Nothing mm. new here. Yeah. Although the LA Noir style investigation part of it. I see you intrigued. Mm, well, we'll see how that plays out. We're big out. on the detective games. We're always current, aren't we? Right now, Tom, yeah. We've themed a show around detectives and murders. Yeah. We've there's had Wii game. U News at Wii the start. U News, and there's a game coming out. As always, listeners, your... Fingers on the pulse. Top number one video games news show. And quite frankly, Tom, never thought I'd hear myself saying that on this podcast. <laughs> so before we get any headier, it's that time of the week again Tom that's all we've got time for this week listeners and all let's rewind that's all I told you it would get to me in the end didn't I get out before we fall over and we've fallen (laughs) over that's all we have time for this week listeners as always thank you for your time we look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week until then happy gaming and remember there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller it's what you do with it that counts see you Tom Good night.